Fuel for Warriors, episode 30. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. A sacrifice of their being and way of life. We think of 300, we think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It always does the right thing at all costs. Armor Down founder, Ben King. The courage to go into the darkest places uh, with light. What's going on, Warriors? Timothy Lawson here, back from another episode of Fuel for Warriors, a podcast collaboration between Lawson Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. Each and every week, I bring on a military veteran, an athlete, or anybody who resonates with the idea of being a warrior. And this week's no exception, I have Army veteran Ben King on the show. Ben is the founder of Armor Down and Mindful Memorial Day, and he is all about mindfulness and meditation and and breaking down the the quick mindset that we all have where we feel like we need to be armored up all the time and tenacious and just always hard going and how to break that down, be more still, be more calm, be more mindful of our environment and ourselves. So uh, I'm going to let Carl Churchill say a couple things and we'll get into my interview with Ben King. If you enjoyed the show, if we have any questions for Ben maybe uh, about mindfulness, whatever it may be, uh, hashtag FFW30 is uh, how you can interact with this particular episode. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors, this is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to LockAndLoadJava.com and use the coupon code FUELFORWARRIORS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. All right, Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Fuel for Warriors. We're 30 episodes deep into this podcast. I'm very excited that you all take the time to listen each and every week. And this week, I have a good friend of mine on the show, Mr. Ben King. Ben, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Mine, it's an honor. So, Ben, as I mentioned before we hit record, we start every episode with the same question. It is the theme of the show, what does it mean to you to be a warrior? What does that mean? Uh, it means to have the courage to go into the darkest places uh, with light. Man, that's a good. That's a really good. Uh, expand on that a little bit more. Um, so, in the political realm, we send our warriors to the very tip of our idea of how things should be, and so at that tip, at the very, very tip is usually some pretty fucking terrible places. So politically, we send our warriors in like that. Now, the warrior as an archetype in general, in my opinion, is someone who embodies courage and bravery and a willingness um, to evolve. And that requires going into the deepest recesses of like what it is to be a human. So like for me, the darkness inside me is that there are parts of me that are fucking monster, uh, like I'm vindictive and cruel and I, have, I can be vicious. And 
uh, have a lot of shame and a lot of doubt and anger and fear and rage. And so now I see myself as someone who's willing to go into those most nasty aspects of who I am, understand what's going on there, calm that space, and then help others see how they can calm it too. So by going into the net, like going into my deepest, darkest shame and being optimistic that I could go in there, not get my ass kicked by my own internal environment, stay calm, stay even, come back out, and then be able to do that in the real world to help other people see the same thing. There's a sense of stoicism in that, right? With the idea of going into your misfortune uh, and coming out with a... Uh, with at least an opportunist outlook on what's happened? Well, that's an interesting way to look at it. That's not quite how I look at it. Um, the notion of misfortune is an idea, okay? So it takes place in your brain, as it like the past and the future. Um, so what I'm talking about is the actual experience of being as amped up or as frustrated or as depressed or as scared or as enraged as you could possibly be inside that moment and having the awareness not to get caught into that, not to feel like you want to punch something and actually punch something, but to be able to feel that feeling, interact with it, not let it dominate you, and then move forward more smoothly. And over time with practice, you begin to, my experience has been that you begin to catch that edge before it becomes sharp. And you get so, my experience is that I've gotten good enough at it that I can nip the nastiest shit. Like I can get things done at, with the least amount of effort. I can, I can evade rage. I can interact with impatience more and more smoothly to the point where rage and impatience and anger don't really have a way to root or seed inside me. So then I become more fluid, more efficient. That's amazing. I was, uh, every time I'm in traffic, I always think that that is, that traffic is like the best place to practice that sort of thing. Cause it Dead is on. so easily to be prompted and cued for outrage. What does you know, it just feel a little... like for you, Tim, when you, when you are in traffic and someone disrespects your space what's the feeling like well here's here's what's amazing is i've i've worked on this yeah. you know like so it used to be uh you know years and years ago it used to be someone invaded my space whatever it was just the normal like oh can you believe this guy blah blah and then i started becoming more practical and logical about it and then i and then road rage to me is one of the biggest wastes of energy that the average human being puts puts out uh it does no good to be outraged by something unless there's an actual incident that you have to act upon, like an accident. Um, and even then, being outraged is not productive. So now, it's, even, it's gotten so simple to where I'm on, I, I really only get upset if people don't use their blinker. It's gotten, it, it's gotten that to where I'm so appreciative of people using their blinker that if they cut me off using their blinker, I give them the wave like maybe I did something wrong. You know? I'm like, <laughs> No, don't worry about it. I'm just so grateful that they gave me the indication they were going to come over to my lane. Uh, but I, you know, I used to feel um, like, and like how you said, into your space. I think this is what's interesting. And I know this is a weird that we're, got, we're getting on the subject of traffic, but whatever. <laughs> the conversation's going there, so let's take it there. Um, you know, I used to get upset that 
that, you know, people are in my space, and then I realize that it's not my space. I'm just occupying it. This is space that other people need to use, too, and it is all my responsibility as a driver to allow them to use the space in the way that they need to as well I, for the most efficient traffic. Yeah, no, I, 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 I am right with you on the idea. I'd, I'd like to add the sensational experience from my perspective. So for me, the, the experience on the road also included getting passed by people. Like I remember this urge, this urgency when I used to drive where I just had to be the first. Like I'd always be pressing to the front end into the speed limit, things like that. So I would be like on edge. The, the sensation was kind of on edge because I knew I was going over the speed limit or close. I was worried about cops. But I also didn't want anybody fucking passing me. So, like, I was, I was, like, pressed. And then for Road Rage, the event was similar to, like, the eruption of something. Like, if something just blew up. And it felt upwards. It felt like the, uh, uh, an explosion would happen, like, right around my guts. And then the sensation of, like, a, a forceful up would be going on. And it'd come into my throat and sometimes it'd come out with, what the fuck, or something like that. Or other times it'd come out with, like, flipping the bird, something like that. I just said flipping the bird. Anyway, the, um, the experience was uh, very sensational. And I, what happened for me over time is that I got better and better at kind of navigating the explosion, the sensational, the sensational experience. And then over time, it just disappeared completely. And then I ended up kind of where you are, which is like, you know, you're, you're, you're doing good things. You know, I know you're using the space your own way and, and it's just so much more peaceful. So yeah, I, I yeah. really can relate. So, you know, one, the reason why I wanted to bring you on, Ben, is you are an expert in mindfulness. And I think that one thing that I think is unique to, in my, in the way that I perceive a warrior, one thing that is, uh, that I, uh, attribute to a warrior is being mindful of actions. So even though a warrior may be tenacious and violent and, uh, or at least capable of violence and trained for, trained for it, it's great. Yeah, it's a great way of, you know, they're at least, I believe what different, what makes a warrior different from maybe you say like a barbarian is the mindfulness or that comes into the decision making. Um, so I want to talk, I want to, uh, if you can briefly, you know, I, I think your story on coming out of the military and getting into mindfulness is unique. If you could briefly, uh, give us a quick snapshot of, so that the audience can, can follow along on what that was like, and then we'll get a little bit more into the depths of mindfulness. All right, sure. Well, just building off of your, um, analogy of a barbarian as opposed to a warrior, I, I thought I had to become this tough barbarian in in life in general in order to not be like anxious or upset or feel fear. And so that drive led me to different expressions of what it is to be a warrior in our culture. So playing football, doing Boy Scouts, uh, being a part of a fraternity, um, and then eventually uh, joining the military. So um, I followed that edge all the way to war, and then I I felt like I comported myself honorably. Um, I, I stood up to the nastiness of being uh, right in the middle of South Baghdad, a devastating IED, rockets, uh, the, 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 the lot of it. And it came home and I felt, I felt like I'd achieved this level. I'd achieved this level of kind of warrior-ness. I, I, could, I can handle anything. And then it all fell apart. <laughs> it was all 
it was all a uh, house built on sand. And so in that, in those moments of like my deepest despair, um, I just looked and clawed and searched for anything that could be helpful. And I was very leery of the VA. I was very leery of, of asking for help. So I looked for things that were in my direct vicinity and yoga showed up first that helped me armor down my shoulder blades in particular. My shoulders and my neck were just a mess. From where my I, my understanding is from wearing body armor. Uh, this all helped, but I still hadn't got my mind right. Uh, my mind was still dominating most of my experience. My idea, my ideas about myself and life dominated everything. I didn't feel like there was anything I could do to control that except for drinking. Um, that was also unsustainable. Uh, luck would have it that a class of mindful meditation at the VA showed up. I took the first class. The first class, I had an aha moment where just following some basic secular rudimentary steps, I was just like, holy fuck, I can really change my mind this way? Get the fuck out of town. So there was like, boom, evolution right there. And then from that point on, I made myself useful to the community by sharing this knowledge in a way that I thought warriors would be more likely to understand. And that led me to uh, a way, attempts at ways to bridge the gap between warrior and civilian. And one thing that sits between the warrior and the civilian is honoring our fallen so that that branched off into what's called Mindful Memorial Day, and uh, you know the process continues. So let's talk about you know, let's go back and deconstruct that moment where it all fell apart, as you put yep. it. Um, what exactly was occurring? What was the event where you know or the the process that you noticed that things were falling apart? So. There were just little things. So walking up steps hurt a lot. My feet hurt a lot. Um, my back hurt a lot. I was having a hell of a time sleeping. I just could not, for the life of me, sleep. I went through two beds, and I was thinking about beds, and what the fuck is wrong? with? Why can't I sleep? What the hell is going on? Why does my neck hurt so much? I just kept feeling this a lot, constantly. It was in my head. It was in my head. And then... Um, the rest of my life was going on, so things were things were good. People were treating me really well. I felt really uh, honored by the people I returned home to. You know, it, it, I really felt like they were appreciative of my service, and that made me feel very good, very proud to be an American, very proud to be a warrior, very proud to be a soldier. Um, but these problems kept kind of mounting, and sleep started to become real problematic. And then we, I had to get my bathroom fixed, and the guy was like, you know, you're not going to have a um, toilet for two weeks. And I was like, dude, I haven't had a toilet for a year. It's not going to bother me. And so he was like, all right. <laughs> well, three days into not having a toilet, man, and I was just like, you know, this is just too hard. I, I can't fucking take it. I can't, I can't carry this edge anymore. And it was just this, like, really sad kind of surrender to this to this myth that I had created for myself and I didn't want to let it go but I was just I couldn't fucking deal I couldn't sleep I couldn't I could I couldn't even shit in my own house and there was just like the straw that broke the camel's back and I remember I I had this choice in the moment where I just I was just at my fucking wits in fuck where I was like, I can either be violent or I can be pathetic. And so I chose to be pathetic. And I ended up, whenever I would melt down, I would end up in the kitchen like, sobbing. It's like, I'm a, I'm a fucking failure. I'm a liar. I'm not who I thought I was. This is not where it's supposed to be. What the fuck? 
And so I'd have these catastrophic meltdowns, despair, you know, and then it was just, it was just, that's what was going on. It was like this mind, the idea that I had created by myself proved to be bullshit. The experience, the biology of what I was experiencing was unbelievably overwhelming and sensational. And then the future of it, the spirituality element of it was just bleak, dark, black, fucked. It's always going to be this way. And so that was that was where I was at. Wow. So, and I and I think that uh, you know the audience is is a very mixed audience, but the uh, you know many of my guests are athletes, military veterans, and you know of course other people that identify with being a warrior. And so what, there's definitely a strong uh, representation of the veteran community in my audience uh, in the fan base, and I think they can definitely resonate with that whole that whole process that you just talked about of going from thinking that you're good and you're strong to just being on the floor, sobbing your eyes out, thinking like, Oh my goodness, what a failure. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's, it's, but it, uh, yeah, <laughs> the mindfulness component, like just last night, you and I paired up with some friends and did a, did a, you know, a video on yoga and how that can help with stress and productivity. And a few weeks ago, we did the same on mindfulness and meditation. And I think all of this stuff is so powerful because coming from, you know, as we were doing that yoga video last night, I was thinking, how different is this compared to the training and mm-hmm. the mindset that I got when I was in the military in the, just the, co- the, the, the way my mind is different is, uh, it, you know, there's a huge contrast there, but I feel stronger and more capable because I am more mindful of what's going on in my life and being able to deal with stress and rage and stuff like that. And and it it I know that the military has its reasons for its process and and how it and how it trains and instills discipline, but it makes me wonder what they're missing by not incorporating this with it. I want to talk about the power of mindfulness and specifically how it makes the mind stronger and then even more specifically on decision making. Sure. So the first thing that mindfulness does from the perspective of the arm armor down mindfulness is mindfulness tames a hypervigilant mind. So that's number one. Uh, military training Warrior training, warrior training all, all kind of has a similar fundamental, fundamental elements. And one of the most fundamental elements is you're more disciplined. You're more detail-oriented than your average Joe. You see more than they do. And that's part of what our military teaches us because, you know, when we're at the front edge of the spear, we've got to be attuned to these details to protect ourselves, survival. The next piece is the capacity of selfless service, self-sacrifice. You've got to be able to sacrifice yourself for the sake of the greater good. I think that's also implicit to being a warrior. And so the second thing Armor Down Mindfulness does is it helps deal with the fact that what you've been trained to do is disconnect from your body. So we teach you how to reconnect to your body. So it's a really simple process. It happens really fast. But once you've done it, immediately your mind jumps out into a thought process or to this or to that. So as you practice mindfulness, as you tame the hypervigilant mind and reconnect the body, 
you begin to actually build the ability, you begin to build the ability to watch what's going on in your internal and external environment as opposed to be consumed by them. You begin to be able to watch what's going on in your internal and external environment as opposed to being consumed by them. So if we go back to my analogy of me thinking I was a badass, but at the same time me, me also being a crying, sobbing little baby on the floor, the ability is not to only feel like a badass or, or to never feel like sobbing. The ability is to recognize, recognize that you're not the idea, you're not the sobbing, you're not the event that's taking place, you are the awareness of what is taking place. The reason why that's valuable is that you now possess a greater perspective on the external environment and your internal environment. You can tell the difference between a decision that's being made from your authentic, genuine self as opposed to a decision being made out of desire or envy or greed or lust or rage or hatred. You begin to see whether or not it makes sense to apply these parts of yourself to the moment at hand. And that's what makes you more powerful. It's not that you now can do more shit and kill more or you'll never be sad again. It's that you begin to see the experience from the broad perspective of awareness as opposed to identifying with anything in particular. So um, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into that, um, into um, your decision making and productivity, and um, you know, and maybe even you know the last couple questions that I'll ask you, Ben, that we're coming up on are you know your challenges in life and and how you what you're doing to overcome them, how can mindfulness then translate into decision-making, specifically when it comes to both opportunities and challenges? Um, well, one of the things that awareness, I think, lends itself to is the ability to choose between seeing life in an optimistic lens or seeing life in a pessimistic lens. So one way to experience challenges is is with shame. Oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. Another way to experience challenge is with curiosity. Huh, interesting. This the fact that this is showing up now is interesting. So with mindfulness, you can recognize if you're experiencing challenges with shame. And you can choose. Am I, am I experiencing challenges? Does shame serve me when dealing with challenge? Oh, woe is me. I should have done this or I should have done that. Or, or can I look at this with curiosity? Now, what I'm describing is much easier said than done, and that's why it's a practice. But what you're actually practicing for, okay? Practicing mindfulness is one thing, but what you're actually practicing mindfulness for is an interaction with life, I think, that can lend itself to being more optimistic, that can lend itself to seeing life as an ally, and even challenges as allies in this path of 
you know, evolution and change and growth as, you know, humans and in particular as um, veterans, you know, we had to live in a dark environment and, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of see the challenges can be not necessarily a bad thing, but it's kind of our training, you know, we were always taught to adapt and overcome and what, what, what mindfulness gives you is the tools to do that in every theater, not just the tools in combat. Well, then, Ben, let's let's go into those questions. Then, uh, for you, what challenges are you facing right now, either personally or professionally, and what are you doing to better overcome them? One of the challenges that I'm really facing now is being tired, being really fatigued, and not letting that cause me stress. So I have a, I have a two-year-old and a, a, a newborn on the way in January. And almost any, any, given, any given night, there's something going on where sleep is interrupted. And in the past, sleep was such a trigger for me. If I didn't get a certain amount of sleep, I'd really, I'd really feel the pressure. And so because I have a mindful meditation practice, I can deploy that to recover some energy. But mostly I just practice being present and not letting fatigue, you know, make me feel like I got to do this or I got to do that or life is too hard. So one of my biggest challenges is, is dealing, is interacting with fatigue without becoming stressed. And so the way I am dealing with that is through the different practices that armored down can be expressed through. So um, there's fitness, there's yoga, there's meditation, there's slow movements like Tai Chi. So I do that to fit, to work with my body. And then uh, for my kind of my spirit in armor down, we call it the, the mystery. The, I don't, it, we just try to use words that don't, don't have any kind of stickiness to them, but the mystery of things to what the, I practice that with what I call an art of peace practice. And so this guy named Morihito Oeshiba, who founded the martial art Aikido, wrote a book called The Art of Peace. And it's 114 steps. And these 114 steps are meant to guide you to a realization that life has more to offer than to take away. So anyway, I, I'm taking care of myself physically through armor down pre physical practices and then mentally and spiritually by um, going through an art of peace practice. Wow, um, I think right. I think now is probably the right plug for it. Let's uh, you know just a couple minutes on what exactly Armor Down is and what you're doing with it for those that may not be familiar. Armor Down creates language, products, and programs for forward-thinking warriors looking to maintain resiliency and for transitioning veterans looking to tame their hypervigilant minds and reconnect their no-pain-no-gain bodies. So we do this a lot of different ways. We have lots of different programs. We just are now offering a program through the Mindfulness Center for um, uh, mental and for therapists who need continued education credits. So you can now get continued education credits by taking a um, armored down teaching mindfulness to yoga's course, 
Um, we do things at the Women's Memorial at Arlington National Cemetery every Memorial Day called Mindful Memorial Day. That's a, uh, it's a beautiful event where we teach civilians how to mindfully honor the fallen. And then we work with students at American University and through Student Veterans of America. And uh, we've got some, we've actually got some really interesting cutting edge ways that we think different forms of complementary and alternative medicine can aid in uh, the armor down process and the, uh, the, the, the moving forward. Uh, we've got some really cool ideas coming, coming, coming down the pipe. So, uh, uh, we're we we're doing some cool stuff. So keep keep looking back at Armor Down. Check us out on Facebook. We're always doing something. We're we're not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah, you're on uh, your website armordown.com. Of course, you're on Twitter, and we're following you there at Ben underscore Armor Down. Ben, the show's called Fuel for Warriors. Uh, we learned, you know, to you what it means to be a warrior. We've learned what challenges you're facing. Uh, but now we need that fuel. What is, what is the fuel for a warrior? What is, what is getting you up every morning, and what's ultimately inspiring you? Paradigm shift. Paradigm shift. What's inspiring me is the fact that we've got our warriors at the front edge of every branch of our military armed forces in every direction deploying mindfulness-based techniques to be the best version of themselves that they can be. It is incredible the way our military has embraced this, and it's a testament to how fucking amazing America is. It is fucking incredible, this country of ours. At the highest levels, we've got our warriors and leadership deploying these mindfulness practices, and it's fucking awesome. So that inspires me, and that should inspire you to start honing these techniques and uh, just continue to be uh, badass. That's awesome. Ben, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and you've taught you've already taught me a lot both on this uh on this podcast and for the 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 couple years that i've known you more about mindfulness and how to use it and how to uh and how to use it productively within uh within myself so i appreciate all of your time talking to my audience and uh i look forward to to maybe having you again on the on the show in, in the future maybe getting a little bit even deeper into these ideas sounds great man anything you need Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to head over to LockAndLoadJava.com using promo code FuelForWarriors for a discount on your purchase. Also head over to LawsonEntertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.